you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Good morning, PTSD peeps. Hope you're well, and it's great to be back with you. We continue on. We're looking at the life of Christ, and as we do that, we we pick a word every single day that would make some sense to us, or we can kind of you know split through and see what God has to say about. And today's word, separation. Now, uh, Kevin and I are not separated from one another, only by geographic. So Kevin is still located there in the Mid Atlantic state of Pennsylvania, really Northern Atlantic state of Pennsylvania. How's it going, brother? Brother, it's going good. You know, I wanted to to say, I wanted to kind of announce to everyone that I do have my motorhome back and thank the people for praying. And if if you gave anything, thank you for that. That need is, is, uh, you know, coming in and there's a fair amount has come in and I praise the Lord for that. But I got my house back after about almost five weeks away. So, I mean, it's, it's cold. It's going to be about 20 degrees tonight where it's parked uh, in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. But, uh, you know, I'm just glad that it's my own, my own bed. That makes a big deal when you're a little bit older, Doug, to have your own bed. Yeah. Now, how does the heater keep up on those cold nights? You know, it's a, the coach is, is well built. So, you know, I guess the insulation and so forth. So, um, you know, the bedroom's able to be closed off. And so I, if I keep the bedroom, there's a space heater I use and I turn yeah. on low and, uh, yeah, it's fine. And then I get up in the morning, I, I pump on the, uh, uh, bang the, uh, thermostat to get the, um, uh, the, the furnace, the propane, man, that sucker will, you know, that's like a blowtorch, you know, just yeah. heat that living area up. And, uh, then I do some, you know, other uh, heat means, but yeah, it's, it's so far so good. I, I've had it below just below zero before I've had this coach five years and, uh, it's, it's done. Okay. Yeah. Now, uh, now when you're driving down the road and it's really cold, obviously do you run a different heater or do you run the gas heater? I mean, what happens in that type of situation? Well, it does have, um, uh, uh, w- w- what we would call a, a heater core that comes off the engine heat and that sucker will is it's hot. And, and so it blows out some pretty good stuff. Usually that's enough. Cause it's, as long as it keeps the driver area, uh, heated. Now, if I was going to hang out in the cold, like all winter, uh, which I don't want to do, I've got autoimmune stuff and it does not like cold wet stuff or cold damp stuff but some people put a curtain hang a curtain literally behind the driver's seat and so that you've got a cockpit kind of like in an airplane and and then that the heater of the coach up dashboard we the dashboard heat will will do just fine but if i have to i will start the uh the the generator the uh eight kilowatt, eight KW generator and uh, diesel generator. And then with that, I can run space heaters cruising down the road. And by that time, you know, if it, if it was a super cold, I'd hit that furnace again. But so I think, you know, God's blessed me with a home that even uh, at, at highway speed, uh, it's, it's going to be okay. Oh, that's great. Hey folks. Uh, you know, when we think about separation, 
Uh, you know, that word means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. We, we hear the word all the time, don't we? We hear it in marriage or in, in some type of relationship. But, you know, God clearly began separation in the Garden of Eden in the Bible. And he said, you know, everything here you can, you can take part of, but that one tree, that's mine. Stay away from that. That's marked for me. So right there in the Bible, separation has always begun. Kevin quoted a verse a little while ago. There's a couple. There's one in Peter where it talks about, you know, to stay away from the unclean thing, to be separated, to be away from things. And uh, we know that verse, a man that is a heretic after the first and second admonition, reject. That's what it tells us in Titus. Mm -hmm. So if you meet someone and they're a knucklehead and they're not right with God and they're getting in the way after the first or second. So what God's saying is either the first time or second time, reject this knucklehead, get out of there. Reject this man or woman who falls into this category. And uh, the Bible reminds us in Proverbs 13, he that walketh with the wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools should be destroyed. And um, so remembering that we're not to hang around with fools. We're not to do those things. And, and we're reminded, Kevin, along the way that God doesn't separate from us. A, a great chapter in the book of Romans, for I am not persuaded, chapter 8, that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth or any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, Kevin, really, you know, the Bible's telling us a lot of things here. The Bible's saying, listen, don't hang around with the fools. You know, there's enough problems in this life when you're not married or hanging out with a knucklehead. So you always choose your partners wisely, choose your life wisely, those types of things. We get that. And, but then the Bible also says, but remember, I'm never leaving you. You know, nothing is going to pull you out of my hands, Kevin. So God never, uh, you know, our relationship with God, like you said, symbiotic, a word you use, it's constant. He's our vine. We're the branches. We're hooked. We're there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, God exhausts every possible means before he sends someone to hell and hell is his separation. Uh, our separation is our iniquities before we get saved. They've separated between us and God so that he's uh, hid his face from us. But in Christ, we are never separate. Just like you said, that great verse in Romans eight, nothing, uh, nothing shall separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ, our Lord. But on, on this thing of, uh, on human relationships, th- th- this is Doug. I can't uh, thank you enough for bringing this up because I've been meditating on this, chewing on this thing this week, um, and I think I'm going to make a post on Facebook on it. That uh, separation on a relationship after you've exhausted grace, in other words, once you've used reasonable grace, that's what the law says. Use re- you know, have you exhausted reasonable means? not to have to wreck something, uh, then, then you do what you have to do. And, you know, I'm thinking about how Christians, when you're going through affliction and you're going through suffering, you're hurting there, there may be someone in your life who is hurting you. And there's a certain temperament called a mild temperament, a gentle spirit, whatever, that is more apt to be abused because abusers need someone who will allow them to make you into their whipping post. And you don't, you know, God's not called you to be someone's whipping post. It's one thing if you are in a pressed situation, you're in a chain of command, then you have to get out of it by appeal process. 
you can appeal, go over the guy's head, but, you know, appeal in a judicial fashion. And, and thank God we're in a judicial system where there's a court of appeals. But barring that, if you're in a, in a relationship where you're not like physically under the chain of command or you're bound by the system to stay underneath them, get away, you know? So, you know, you make, you make your approach, you make your appeal to the person. You say, look, you're my friend. You're my, whatever. You're my husband. You're my pastor. You're my boss. Um, you know, you're my employee, what, whatever this is, you, you, of course, you know, that's what we talked about yesterday that, you know, the, you love one another, you, you're looking out for them. You want to continue the relationship, but once you find out that they it's a parasitic relationship. In other words, they are using you for, as a as a garbage dump. They are just every time they talk to you, they just want to dump on you. And I'm not talking about they need someone to talk to. There's t- that's 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 fine, especially for periods of time when they're hurting. But if that's what they are, if they live in the zone of garbage and then they accumulate garbage in their mind and then when they talk to you, they want to offload the garbage, that will hurt your relationship with the Lord. And you need to get away from that situation. That's what separation is. Uh, Abraham had to do that with Lot. And, you know, he took Lot along. He did whatever he could do. Lot wanted to come along. I'm sure Abraham was starting to think, I think he's along for the ride. I'm not sure his heart's in this thing of serving God. And when he finally made the break, uh, God started to speak to Abraham and really brought the, the, the promises to pass. But even so, Abraham still stood by his commitment and he went and rescued Lot from, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah and that kind of, or from Chedorlaomer Omer and all that crowd. But anyway, God's, God's uh, in the business of mending relationships, even if there is a separation. However, if you are being hurt, if you are being abused, if you're being emotionally destroyed, you need to f- practice separation. Do, that's God's very plain about it. That's what God does. Don't mistake uh, staying with a person as ministering to them if they are a narcissist. Doug, yeah. we need to uh, we need to make the break when it's time. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. It's so true. And, you know, separation is uh, for help. It's not for hurting. It's uh, not only does it help us, but sometimes when we separate from people, they wake up and say, whoa, you know, maybe I'm not living the life I think I'm living. Maybe there's something going on here. And so separation, I mean, God, you know, he commands it. He wants us to hang out with the cool people. He wants us to be fruitful. He wants our lives to move forward. And uh, there's so much involved with that. And I pray that God would give you clarity in those issues. I, I appreciate what Kevin said. Don't be hurt out there. God doesn't want anyone hurt. We'll be right back with you. Don't go anywhere. return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. Yeah, you know, so we continue on with the life of Christ. We're in chapter 15, a wonderful chapter of the book of John. And uh, we've been looking at a lot of different things, really. Friendship, love, and boy, friendship and love go hand in hand. Uh, So much of a difference. And today we find ourselves uh, 
continuing in 15, starting in verse number 18. If the world hates you, you know better that it hated me before it hated you. So, you know, the Lord's saying, listen, if the world hates you, it's okay. Been there, done that. And uh, it's okay. And if we're of the world, the world in verse 19 would love his own. But because you're not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you. The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they also persecute you. If they have kept me saying, they will keep yours also. But all things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. If I not come and spoken unto them, they had not had sin, but now they have no cloak for their sin. He that hateth me hateth my father also. If had I not done among them works, which none other man did, they had not had sin, but now they have both seen and hated both me and the father. But this cometh to pass that the word might be fulfilled, that it is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. And, uh, and friends, I don't know if you've ever been hated without a cause, but I certainly have. And, and certainly the way people, and, but first we should say that the Lord has, and here he is talking about what he's been through. There's a worldly hatred out there for everything. God, if you haven't noticed that, watch the news. And uh, if you haven't noticed, people mock God, mock religions, try to tell you. I remember it wasn't that long ago, Hillary Clinton was running for president saying how godly it was to abort babies and how godly it was to do all these things. And I thought to myself, that is so terrible right there. That's so heretical, you know. And yeah. uh, But there's a worldly hatred out there. And, and then we, you know, Jesus is emphasizing again that we're not of this world. And when we talked about separation today, we talked about it in a way that we're not of this world. We don't have to live like the world. That's why when Kevin was saying, listen, we don't take this abuse. We don't live like that. We're not of this world. And, and, you know, and Jesus brings up this whole persecution thing. And we're going to, uh, we're going to speak more about that in the next couple of days, but he warns that, Hey, the world persecuted me. You're not far behind. And, uh, so we, as Christians, we do suffer from some level of persecution and it, but you know, honestly, as an American Christian, I have it pretty good. And, uh, and he goes on to say, there's an ignorance of God, but there's going to be an accountability and, and Kevin, God's words are so clear here. And, uh, his words are clear. He said, listen, man, you're going to go through this. And then he goes on and he says this thing that really grabbed me. He said, you're not greater than me. You're not great. And if I went through this, dude, you're going through this. And so he's going on to say, he that hated me hated the father also. And he keeps on pointing at us and saying, listen, you've accepted me and you've accepted that these people are going to hate you and they're real and they're out there and they're in Palestine and they're, uh, they're all in Africa and they're in America and they're, they're everywhere. Yeah, that's so true. Our, uh, savior, our savior is the, uh, example and, and, we, we can look to him for his view of the world and at his view of the world. By the way, he made the world and the Bible says he loved the world. And so the scripture in second Timothy or second uh, John, first John, excuse me, first John 2.15 says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the father 
is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life are not in, not of the Father, but of the world. The world passes away and the lusts are of, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Uh, you know, how can this be that on one hand, God so loved the world, and the other hand, John, who wrote both books, said, uh, love not the world. Well, the answer is, the pattern of Jesus Christ, the way he loved the world, uh, like we talked about yesterday or the day before, he loved the world for what he could give to it. He loved the world because he wanted to give to it salvation. And then from the world, he got the uh, the souls, you know, God, the, the Savior in John chapter 17 is going to pray, uh, Lord, I, I pray for those that thou hast given me out of the world, that thou was keep them, you know, they're in the world, but they're not of the world. So that, that attitude that Jesus Christ had toward the world was, man, I'm so glad to be here. I am, um, winning the hearts of the world and it and it gives me joy that these people are putting their trust in me the world people here and there out of the world are rising up kind of like popcorn you know they would they, they would pop you know the, the light would come on they'd say this is the savior that's the you know he the behold the lamb of god um you know they would just recognize jesus christ for who he was and that's why he came into the world so he came to give not just to 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 get the world's flag in fact, he said that uh, he needed not that any man should testify of him, for he knew what was in man, and needed not that any man should any should testify of him. So, um, I think a lot of Christians, Doug, are in this world to get something out of it, and that is flattery, lights, glamour, you know, all you know, just some kind of uh, thing. And the and the Bible, put, Paul put it this way. He said. And they that use this world is not abusing it, for the fashion of this world passeth away. So if we are here in the world and putting our, you know, kind of our tent stakes down too deep, too deeply, then we are, you know, we're trying to sink ourselves into, you know what, I'm here just to, to, to follow the fashions of the world, um, to become famous, you know, to, to gain the world's flattery, to, to impress people. And and that that is kind of uh, a parasitic relationship with the world, and that's that's not the attitude that Jesus had. He wanted to give something to the world, not extract the world's flattery and favor. And um, but what in that attitude of of true love and character, what he did extract from it is people's recognition of his uh, of his character. And, uh, and unfortunately when people want to become parasites, Christians try to get a parasitic relationship going to the world. The world uses a parasitic relationship on them and extracts from them all of their love, joy, peace, and uh, all those things. And you know what? I don't want to go, you know, too deep and philosophical about that, but I'm just glad. I'm so glad that our savior, we have a savior, Jesus Christ, who knows how to handle the world. And if we just say, Lord, I'm going into the world today as not of it, but I'm in it, and I want to I, I want to use it, but not abuse it. It's a tool. It's not a toy. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to have some laughter. It's a good medicine to have. It's a merry heart that I'm looking for. Uh, I want friendships that are merry hearted. I, I don't want to be friends with an angry person. I don't care how spiritual they claim to be. The Bible says don't. Don't do a relationship 
with an angry person, separate from that person, just like you would from the world. But hey, uh, Jesus Christ had a good time. He he loved life. I think he uh, had a, just enjoyed his disciples, and uh, he had a smile on his face when he dealt with people like you and me. Yeah, isn't that great? And uh, just absolutely right. You know, understanding a couple things, understanding that the persecution is not our persecution, it's our Lord's persecution. That gets us through. And just exactly what Kevin just said, we're, we're not of the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. We don't have to live like the world. We don't have to be like the world. And understanding that persecution is of the gospel, it's of our Savior. And, uh, and, and you know, folks, listen, I'm telling you, I have friends of mine who never one day in their life admitted to sin, never one day in their life opened the Bible with intention of being right with God, and they're persecuted as well. And, uh, you know, recognize, recognize what's going on. We're accountable to God. We get persecuted for Christ's sake, and that's a pretty cool yeah. thing, friends. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm glad about that. And listen, it's so important that you get your friends right. We we started this conversation off, and, and, you know, we talked about this separation, and a man that heretic after the first or second admonition, reject. There's some folks you're going to have to reject, Lord, but there's a, uh, uh, folks, but there's a Lord in heaven that's going to take care of you. We sure do love you. We hope you have a great day. Come on back tomorrow as we move forward and talk about unity. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.